welcome to Let's Talk Ed and Zahi. We've been talking about OERs, and we have a friend of the program, Kirby Lund, in with us today. And Kirby has done a lot of work in uh, the field of OERs. And we talked in our last show, Kirby, about different ways uh, uh, to kind of use OERs, the different types that are out there. And we talked toward the end of that about you know, just multimedia and things like that that get included. Do you see that as something that that really builds into the future of OERs? Absolutely. I I currently host my OER website on WordPress, and based on the plan that I have in WordPress, I'm not allowed to use multimedia in specific posts that I create for my students. By changing the plan that I have, I I might move toward that in the future because I think that would improve the accessibility for students, but it would also show a lot more instructor presence. In one of our former segments, in one of our previous segments that we just recorded, we talked about how the instructor has to be the driver of the OER. And sometimes that isn't the case when, say, a certain textbook publisher says, here are the PowerPoints you should use, here are the quizzes that you should offer. Instead, if I'm creating my own OER material for my students, I can have a portion that's written for those visual learners, but I can also have maybe kind of almost like an aside to the reader, I'll add a video to say, whoa, 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 stop. What you heard me say was this, actually I meant this, and add a little bit more nuance to the discussion that I'm happening, having inside that OER. And what I really like as we talk about you know, ways uh, of using OERs across our, our various disciplines. Uh, you know, I'm thinking about our career and technical classes specifically, mm-hmm. where there is a lot of, of hands-on and demonstrative content. And the idea that now, instead of just talking about how I'm going to do this particular thing, uh, and instead of maybe having two or three pictures that illustrate that, I can put in now a video that shows step-by-step how to do this particular thing. And uh, what I also like is a point that you made uh, in an earlier show where, uh, you know, one of the benefits with the OERs is they work across a variety of different devices, whether you are looking at it on a desktop uh, or or a mobile device. So it introduces a level of accessibility there and the opportunity also that if it's two o'clock in the morning and I've decided this is when I want to study, or maybe this is the only opportunity I have to study because I'm working or or whatever, I have the opportunity to get in there and learn. I, and, and I like uh, what the, the two of you said. I'm sitting back here and, and thinking textbooks are wonderful and they have served us for decades and decades quite effectively, but they're limited, 
right? And we just thought you two just iterated why why they're limited. So I think thinking about the future, thinking about the those neural networks that are being used to grow our artificial intelligence and its capabilities, and we know it's going to keep on growing, is how can we fold that into enhancing the student and the learner uh, student knowledge and the learner experience right um and and i think that by continuing with individualized you know just videos or just written text or just do it by hand i think we're shortchanging our humanity at the time when we need a better rounded workforce for the challenges that we have uh we're facing today and we're going to continue facing. So, so let me ask this question because it's not a Zahi tirade. Um, there's, there, there's a reason for that madness folks, right? Uh, or not. Uh, so the future of OERs, is it, is it going to be now the dominant tool out in the market? And, uh, you know, become in its own way the textbook and the uh, uh, private publisher, a hegemony, or is there going to be a common ground to continue the service that that individual learner needs? I, I don't foresee open education resources completely replacing the textbook industry just because the textbook industry is so ingrained in higher education and education as a whole, more and more textbook companies are starting to provide options for students, whether that's physical textbooks or you can get your e-textbook now in some kind of a digital format. So it operates like an OER, but at the same time, you're still paying for it. And a lot of textbook companies are now going toward what streaming services do, where they have subscriptions to your textbooks. No, you don't buy a physical textbook, but you pay a monthly subscription so that you can read our online textbook. So you're not even paying for anything anymore in in terms of textbooks. You're paying for the access to the textbook. And once your subscription runs out, well, there it is. You don't have your textbook in that learning material anymore. Whereas with open education resources, yeah, it's still there. It's still free. It's still accessible 24 hours a day. So long as you have an internet connection, it's there. Let me put on my tinfoil hat and- um, When did you ever take it off? You know, uh, the the textbook industry is a, a very big uh, industry. It's a multi-million dollar industry. And I can definitely see textbook companies starting to buy up um, OERs that they like uh, and, and, you know, encompassing that into their own work. So, you know, again, if I'm one of the big publishers and, and I see what Kirby has done. And wow, I think that is just amazing. We'd love to have that. I might make Kirby an offer he can't refuse. And I, I could definitely see 
that happening. Now, I think you will have instructors out there that really believe in having that open access um, because they also know that students are struggling to buy textbooks. They're struggling to make it in college and they want to put the education ahead of the dollars and cents and, and make sure that students have access. So, uh, you know, are you going to have people that if somebody comes along and offers them a big check that they'll take that? Yeah, absolutely. It's it's human nature. Uh, but I think you are going to have some that, that are really going to say, no, I want to make sure everybody has access to my information on whatever particular subject that, that I am teaching. So OERs, you know, are perhaps, you know, if we're going to talk on philosophy and, you know, Kirby, you watch shows on woodworking and knitting. Chris, you watch shows on, on uh, digital uh, graphics. I watch shows about philosophy. And for me, it's, it's your communi communitarism versus utilitarianism versus libertarianism. And, and in the sense that do we have a common pot that we're all eating from and we're all contributing to? Do we have the greater uh, good for the greater number? Or do we have, it's my thing, you touch it, I'm going to, you know, flip out at you. And, and, and I, I'm thinking OER should continue to be that common pot that feeds uh, everyone to their wishes and everyone contributes what they can or what they think, uh, but they have access to the common human knowledge. Uh, but I don't know what the future is like. I'm worried about the future. I'm worried about the example the tinfoil hat uh, colleague we have on uh, mentioned, a.k.a. Chris. His original name is Tinfoil Hat, a guy. Uh, but, uh, you know, I'm worried about it and because I see the benefit. I see the financial benefit for the student. I see how colleges like, uh, like the ones we work at can bulk because there's a potential source of funding that comes with selling a tangible good. So, but at the same time, there's a student and there's a taxpayer that's paying uh, for, for those as well. Well, Zahi, in the words of uh, the Wu-Tang Clan, cash rules everything all around me. Uh, and, and you know, that's that's my fear is, you know, we're always going to chase chase dollars. So we've been talking about the future of OERs here on Let's Talk Ed. Uh, if you enjoy topics like this, be sure and subscribe to us here on YouTube. Ring that bell down below. You'll be notified when we post new content like this video. That helps get the word out to others that may be interested in topics like this. And of course, you can find Let's Talk Ed on all of your favorite podcasting platforms as well. So for Kirby Lund and Dr. Zahi Atala, I'm Chris Ford. We'll see you next time right here on Let's Talk Ed.